0: Comedy and satire are, to me, one of the most effective ways to comment on society, politics, religion, or any other institution that plays an important role in our lives. It seems to be a unique form of art that's able to cut through ambiguity and distraction to certain truths, and do so in an approachable and often disarming way. We've talked about this on the show before, but the ability for us to laugh at ourselves is one of the most important ways, in my view, to break down barriers and begin to approach a middle ground. Today we're looking at, in my opinion, one of the greatest satires and black comedies of all time, the 1964 film from Stanley Kubrick, Dr. Strangelove somehow this movie from the 60s, while firmly planted in the conspiracies and mindset of the Cold War, still remains relevant today. It's a scathing commentary on how certain lines of thought result in absurd but dangerous results, all while being incredibly hilarious and nuanced. I can't wait to hear Chris's thoughts as we discuss today one of my favorite movies of all time, Dr. Strangelove. Welcome to movies will save the world my name is glenn cooper and i'm chris peterson and today we are discussing the 1964 black comedy kubrick film dr strange love or how i learned to stop worrying and love the bomb which is the the only time i will refer to this movie with the it's a complete title it's just yes. dr strange love we'll we'll just keep it yeah <laughs> yeah yeah well this was my pick uh you know this is our first kubrick uh movie on uh, yeah, this podcast which um, is not the one i thought
1: we would probably be doing first so this is a, interesting yeah what,
0: what did you think we'd do
1: first i i thought we'd do the shining before we would do yeah Doctor yeah, yeah, strange yeah. love
0: yeah uh i i'm a fan of kubrick um yes we, but we both are We're but there are some, so I, and, and I do love the shining, which is not what we're here to talk about, <laughs> <laughs> and you know, this is super aside, but like, you know, one of the other ones that I used to love when I was a kid is clockwork orange and <laughs> I'm not sure I like it anymore, but huh. <laughs> maybe we can come back to that at some yeah, point. Yeah. We'll have to do um, that one. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, no. Uh, so Dr. Strangelove, I don't remember when I first saw this movie. I feel like I might have seen it with my parents. It feels like another one where they <laughs> were sort of like telling me why it was funny at certain parts. Um, and my journey with this movie is it did take me a while to really, really fall in love with it. And now really? it is one of my favorite movies of all time. It is hilarious. Wow. Um, yeah. So anyway, so that <laughs> that's been my journey with this movie.
1: You know, I can't recall my origin story with this movie because yeah. I know I yeah. saw it um, with friends because we mm-hmm. did like both The Shining and A Clockwork Orange. We thought, "Oh, mm-hmm. it's cool, it's the same director." Mm-hmm. And then it was very, <laughs> it was very different than either of those two movies. <laughs> and a little I think, bit. I, I, but I did like it, and even though yeah. I, I'm sure a lot of the subtleties and nuances mm-hmm. of the satire yeah. and parody were totally lost to me at the time. I yeah. did remember thinking that was a really good movie, um, and it was well, just weird enough for me.
0: Yeah, and and some of, a lot of the subtlety is what you know, certainly passed me by the first couple of viewings. I mean, Peter Sellers is hilarious. Um, <laughs> George C. Scott with his over-the-top performance, which which we should talk more about, is hilarious. Um, and there's a ton of, like, sort of, you know, above-board comedy that is, that is very prevalent in this, but there is a lot of very subtle comedy that is in scenes that, you know, in my first couple of viewings felt very slow and very like, yeah, you know, right. why are we zooming in on this instrument panel while the guy turns yeah. the knob or whatnot, you know? And and that's the kind of stuff that, you know, in, in subsequent viewings I've I've really grown to love and, and find absolutely hilarious about this movie. So, um, but it took a while to get there.
1: Yeah, it's funny because, you know, there's, there's always layers of... Things going yeah. on in any Kubrick movie, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I would even say that this one, I'm still, I am not as versed in this
0: one. Yeah, <laughs> whatever sure. you want to say, uh-huh. um,
1: as compared to other, um, other ones.
0: Yeah. Well, so one of the things that you know, so <laughs> uh-huh. maybe you know, feeding off that point, because I think I'm in the same boat with you on to a certain extent on some aspects, like. Um the opening scene which you know during the credits which is these planes refueling um right. there's kind of a a sexual aspect to it of you know the 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 hoses going into each other or whatever you know <laughs> What? But, but really? yeah. <laughs> yeah. What the hell are you talking about? But <laughs> Oh You've got kids, you know how this works um <laughs> they're all adopted but yeah, oh okay um but i I had read that you know somebody had you know some critic or somebody had talked about the the sexual overtones throughout the movie, and that's lost on me i uh, apart from the opening scene <sighs> I, I I'm at a loss for where those things show up so yeah I don't. It,
1: yeah that's and interesting um i believe that
0: they're there because uh-huh. kubrick himself said yeah you were the first person to pick up on this so they're there oh, wow. i just don't know where <laughs> i mean there's
1: part yeah i mean there are parts where it's i mean not as subtle i mean when um yeah <laughs> when when jack D. ripper is, is talking <laughs> about bodily fluids and whatnot yeah and how? Loss he, of essence. W- when, when he discovered that this was.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, diving diving straight into the plot here. Yeah. Con- uh, confusing erectile t- dysfunction for a communist plot from fluoridation in the waters. And I love his line where he was like. Luckily, I was able to interpret these feelings <laughs> correctly. Oh God, yeah, we're jumping straight into the deep end on this movie. <laughs> uh, Jack, Jack, just tell me, tell me, Jack. When did you first become, well, develop this theory? Well, I, uh, I, I first became aware of it, man, Drake, during the physical act of love. Huh. Yes, a, uh, a profound sense of fatigue. A feeling of emptiness followed. Mm. Luckily, I, I was able to interpret these feelings correctly. Loss of essence. Yeah. I can assure you it has not recurred, Mandrake. Women, uh, women sense my power, and they seek the life essence. I do not avoid women, Mandrake. Yeah. I, I do deny them my essence right yeah so right but ap- apart from that like I, I don't know where else that shows up but yeah um,
1: I, I don't yeah I don't know I've never <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I've never approached it from that direction <laughs> I guess
0: you've never sat down to watch uh, Dr. Strangelove and thought like let me find all the sexual <laughs> yeah, uh, I, aspects to I, this movie
1: <laughs> or why would you do that I don't know maybe it's important
0: <laughs> I don't know yeah, apparently it's there. Um, uh, but, you I, know. All right, well. So I, I feel it. like th- there's enough in this movie that even if we can't pick up on those subtleties, it's still a, a wonderful watch. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know where to start with this, just no. because we've mentioned Jack D. Ripper, um, <laughs> <laughs> which uh, this... So I watched this a couple days ago, and it is the first time that I noticed his full name on his nameplate oh, on his desk. Right. Jack D. Ripper. And I was like, oh my God, that's that's his name. And every name in this movie is it's hilarious hilarious. Oh, totally. It's ridiculous. Right? And so it's like for such a like for such a um uh kind of nuanced and smart satire and black comedy there's so much just like broad comedy things in oh yeah too, you know yeah like um, <laughs> like all
1: the names <laughs> like the um the colonel um bat guano or
0: yes <laughs> If that is your real name, as Peter Sellers, says. <laughs> Colonel Guano.
1: and like yeah. even like the president's name is, I guess, I guess that is a sexual innuendo sort of joke. That
0: yeah, it, Merkin Muffly, yeah, right, yeah, a, a, a Merkin being a toupee for your uh, nether regions, yeah. Which how do you know that? Like I, I just uh, learned okay. that in my
1: fiftieth year of life
0: okay well i don't know okay i don't remember the first time i saw this movie and i don't know where i learned the term merkin but i've known it it's, it's in there somewhere oh that's awesome so, yeah
1: <laughs> no but you're right there's a lot there's a lot of just like base like kind of yeah totally like, like adolescent humor um <laughs> yeah. in this for sure you've
0: got You've got the Russian uh, uh, premier, you know, uh, Dmitry Kissoff Premier yeah. kissoff <laughs> You've got that other guy in the war room, the one of the advisors who's just named is Staines. Like his last <laughs> name is Staines. <laughs> it's like all this stuff is so it's so dumb, and it just adds this weird level of of almost slapstick to, yeah, to exactly. what is Otherwise, a really even, brilliant s- even you know, Strange commentary.
1: Love. Um, himself. Yeah. I mean, that name alone. Uh huh. Um, and I guess I I didn't I didn't know this until now either. I, I assumed it was something, but like his name, like they said, well, what was his name before? Right. And and they list you know some complicated German name, which literally uh-huh. translates as "Strange Love."
0: Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, gosh, yeah. No, it's 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 hilarious. Um, I think one of the things that I find so, you know, funny about this movie is how, how much of it is like, despite the hilarity, um, a lot of it is played very, very straight. I mean, straight for comedic, you know what I mean? Like, um, like it's, it's not, it's not obvious jokes, right? But just the circumstances and, (laughs) and, and, the dialogue and stuff is so hilarious. But you know, um, I think that's part of what makes it it's so funny. And, um, I mean, we'll, we'll probably spend a significant part of the show just talking about Peter Sellers. Oh, you um, could. I and mean, his performance,
1: but, yeah. I mean, he's one of my favorite actors, period. <laughs> and yeah. I don't know, like, I know, I mean, most of his roles, he's usually mm-hmm. doesn't, he, he sees a script and he throws it away. Right. Um, he But I th- I mean I know there are parts that he definitely ad libbed his way through this. Um Right. But but I understand he wrote I mean he kind of stayed to Kubrick's vision for each character. Mm-hmm. I think that's true. Um Yeah. In fact he I, was he was supposed to be um Kong <laughs> as well. <laughs> <Right. Simon> Pickens <laughs> role.
0: Another great name. Yeah. King Kong. King Kong. <laughs> Major Kong. Major Kong. <laughs> yeah right Nah, yeah, he was supposed to like the studio dictated that we'll fund this movie if peter sellers plays four roles which is right that's so bizarre funny. demand it's,
1: is so bizarre even though he had just done i know that um he played three roles in the movie he did mm-hmm. just before this
0: mm-hmm.
1: which actually had a similar plot it was about kind of a mm. doomsday sort of device sort of thing mm. so uh-huh. um yeah anyway yeah, yeah, right I could, So I could talk about any of these actors for <laughs> a long time, I and mean, besides Sellers, I mean George C. Scott. Oh yeah, uh, even Slim Pickens.
0: Um, well, let's talk. Dar- Dar- about Darth just- Vader was in it. I mean, let's not forget <laughs> that. Yeah, Darth Vader, James Earl Jones's first role. I. I- yeah is that, it, that right film his first role i should say was, yeah his was, first was film his lothar, role. lothar zog the um, <laughs> <Yeah>. bombardier. <laughs> another great name yeah yeah <laughs> which uh, honestly like this jumped out to me watching the credits and it was like with james earl jones and i'm like i don't think i've ever seen james earl jones build as a whiff right <laughs> no, he's always like right no, up front but exactly yeah it's like a yeah, it's James Earl Jones for goodness' sake. <laughs> yeah, but coming back to yeah, so Sellers was supposed to play the pilot as well as all of yeah. the other characters that he plays, um, and didn't really <laughs> want to do it. And I guess he like sprained his ankle and and couldn't really navigate oh. the set. And so that was the uh, okay. that, that was the way out of doing that role. Interesting. Um, and then they offered it to John Wayne, which. Which I that thought they originally been... wrote it for a John Wayne type
1: character. So yeah, but he, but he would have been far too old, don't you think? I mean, he was like
0: that. I I, I feel like that would have been an otherworldly experience to see John Wayne in this movie. I can't. <laughs> I, I mean, I I am not. I know people love John Wayne. I'm not a John Wayne fan, but I didn't oh, he's grow all right. up yeah. watching his stuff. So you know. Um, um. But then yeah. So then finally they got to Slim Pickens and. <laughs> <laughs> what I read about Slim Pickens is he got off the airplane, showed up on set, and they were like, oh, you're already dressed in the part. No, he just dresses that way. <laughs> ah! and even when he wasn't on when he you know when he wasn't you know being filmed he'd just be on set and they're like oh wow I think James Earl Jones commented on this he never broke character no that's just who he was he was just (laughs) being Slim Pickens (laughs) he's just Slim Pickens and frankly with a name like Slim Pickens what do you expect yeah I guess right uh yeah (laughs) yeah oh yeah no he he, he's he's hilarious in that role and awesome in that role when he when they get the order to go and attack you know and like he goes down and and unlocks this safe and pulls out his cowboy hat yeah (laughs) boys it's time for this (laughs) oh man yeah I kind of feel like we're going to be jumping all over in in this episode because there's there's so many funny parts and there's so many um, great moments in this. Um, but uh, let's <laughs> let's talk a little bit about maybe before we spend time on sellers, which again we could spend a lot of time on. Um, I, this so George C. Scott. Um, I'm not sure this is my favorite George C. Scott. Uh, role that might hmm. go to Patton for yeah, me, right? Yeah. Um, but this is way, way up there. I mean, if it's <laughs> not Patton, it's this. Um, I think he is so hilarious in this role, um, and and I'm sure I'm sure you know this, but Kubrick really pushed him to overact a lot of scenes, and in yeah. fact in fact told him they were practice takes which he ended up actually using as the real takes just to get him to yeah. like commit to the sort of overacting that he does in
1: this yep Cooper could do sneaky things like that to get the <laughs> actors to do what they did not want to do and yeah i don't know why it's it's interesting in general to me it's like i mean i know that directors and actors don't always have <laughs> the same mm-hmm. vision of the character right Mm-hmm. But I would right. just think, as professionals, it's kind of like, no, I'm paying you to do this, just do it. But yet they still, like, kind of have this negotiation while they're filming on set right. of, of like, a take or of, of, mm-hmm. of a, yeah, just an interpretation of what the character motivation would be and things like mm-hmm. that. I think it's yeah. a fascinating thing about filmmaking, you know, to see, like... I, I mean, I can't imagine many people going toe-to-toe with Kubrick about anything. I, I could see George C. Scott doing it.
0: Yeah, I mean, if, if you go toe-to-toe with Kubrick, he's just going to make you take 75 more takes of the yeah, same exactly. scene.
1: Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Until you end up in years in therapy dealing with that one yeah. part. Yeah, right. Yeah,
0: which I I, I do want to come back to what you just sort of broached there, because I think it's interesting. but. Um on that note, I guess sellers actually said, you know, I I, I take like one or two takes. I, I can't read yeah, more right. Um, so maybe he was the one who was able to sort of push back against what what Kubrick um, uh, is 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 known for. but um yeah, I I think it is really interesting, you know, that sort of balance between the sort of the director with uh, his or her vision, um, the actors with, you know, their interpretation of, of the characters and their own motivations. And, and, you know, again, like not being an actor, not being a director, not being a writer, (laughs) I can only imagine (laughs) speaking from the completely uninformed (laughs) perspective. I can only imagine like, you know, as an actor, you have to like embody a lot of things that you bring to the table. And so what you have sort of, interpreted and made true for yourself doesn't jive with the director i yeah i can see that being a, a point of contention and like well why would i do it this way you know that kind yeah, of thing
1: because if you take it from all right so you t- let's just take it from kubrick's perspective he hasn't mm-hmm. he has the whole story right he has the overall right, vision right. of how all mm-hmm. these parts get put together you know and and how it should go so this actor mm-hmm. has a very unless unless you're Peter Sellers and you're like in every scene. <laughs> but the rest of them yes. just have their small little role that they play, right? Of right, of a right. of a larger story. Mm-hmm. So I would kind of think, I don't know, if you're an actor, it's like, well, they're the director. They kind of know like how it's supposed to be, but that you know, but you often hear about these battles that, 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 that right. the two that the two have. And it's mm-hmm. it's just it's just interesting to me, like how it's ama- i'm always amazed we've talked about this before that films even get made at all because they seem to be <laughs> these incredibly complex organisms yeah. that so many things could go wrong and the fact that we right. get good good movies at all is
0: amazing right right i mean i right. can see
1: why we get mostly bad movies that makes sense to me <laughs> but that we well, get, that, that we get watchable movies
0: cuz you need you need these you know extremely talented um Actors, directors, writers, everyone involved to really, like, take ownership and embody the the role, you know, or the character that they are playing or whatnot. I mean, that's how you get a good performance, right? Again, speaking as a completely ignorant person on this subject, um, (laughs) but but I can assume, right, you you need to sort of own it and embody it. So that brings with it almost an inherent conflict against you know when those visions right uh, don't sure don't line up right yeah um yeah gosh I, i'm glad i'm not making movies i mean as much as i love the the medium like good Me lord too. i, I mean, don't know if i could deal with it, it
1: and this is our first time talking about also my my favorite director kubrick mm-hmm. and his process which is yeah <laughs> which is infamous in some ways in terms of <laughs> yeah what what he does mm-hmm. um you know as you said to like get what he wants out of an actor who's reluctant to do so and like just the mind games he would sometimes have to play and just his attention to detail and that's why we Mm -hmm. talking about this movie i you know there's never anything in there if it's if it's there and it strikes me odd it's because it's there i mean it's obviously there in purpose so I you know we could think of i don't know I don't just we could pick any scene in this movie and think i you know what what was his what Kubrick was obviously well, trying to say something,
0: so this is a segue and this is a great segue into something I wanted to talk about um because <laughs> I, 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 I just don't know if it's just where special effects were at at this time of film (laughs) or if there's something behind the fact that the model planes flying against the footage (laughs) behind of these speeding over just the landscape keeps changing they're going at like insane speeds like that was a big question mark for me. I'm like, is this is this intentionally bad, or is that it just what we could to do then? Right. No, I, I mean, <laughs> this is the guy who made 2001: A Space Odyssey. Right. So he like is
1: a few years later, right? Yeah. It wasn't a super long gap between these two. So, right. It's, I, ass, I mean, again, I assuming the effects were laughably bad. <laughs> right. They are. Yeah. They're so bad because he knew how to make authentic looking things happen in <laughs> movies it wasn't yeah so again, again it's one of those issues where you think like he's obviously trying to say something and it's our job yeah to catch up and figure that out because well, <laughs> if you I'm... notice like uh jumping to the um the scene where the they they're sending in the army to take over yeah. the um you yeah. know the yeah. air force base right mhm and like the footage from outside looks like <laughs> like news footage. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. Uh
1: huh. Uh huh. I mean, it's totally different film, um, filming yeah. technique and film uh-huh. stock and everything else, where it looks more like yeah, like scenes from like Vietnam or something like that, uh-huh. ra- rather than a film. Um, right. Like, again, it has to be totally the plan. Right. I mean. Right. I'm guess- right. I'm guessing.
0: Yeah, it is very different. I mean, you know, the the difference uh in you know, all those exterior yeah, uh, shots, even, you know, as you're seeing the convoy approaching the base, you know, it's sort of this like zoomed in <laughs> right, uh, perspective. It does. It looks like somebody on like a super eight camcorder, yeah, like, yeah. you know, filming it, <laughs> you know, versus the interior shots, especially all the war room stuff that is like high contrast and oh, yeah, every, every yeah. scene with, with Jack Ripper, you know, where he's shot in a certain way and lit in a certain way. It is, um all the blacks are blacker, you know, and the, the highlights are highlightier um, versus the sort of exterior stuff, which, yeah, it really does feel like somebody just went out on an afternoon and like, hey, let's dress up as army guys and like film us running around, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so, I don't, I don't quite know what to make of it, but to your point, like if it's in there, Kubrick had it in there for a reason, you know? Yeah, It.
1: it I mean, because... I don't know. I could com- you could compare it to other movies of that era, that war movies, mm-hmm. and yeah, it, it yeah. looks terrible. So it's, <laughs> it, I'm I'm on the side like yes, there's a something some part of the story is being told this way. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll figure it out someday. Yeah.
0: Well, let's talk a little bit more about Peter Sellers. Um, as we've said, yes. you know, originally, originally supposed to uh, 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 play four roles and gosh, just couldn't quite do it. Only had to play three Only roles three. in three. He is so lazy. The in lazy a movie exactly. where there are, yeah, in a movie where there are all of about six roles, he's 50% of the cast, it <laughs> yeah. seems, you know? So they <laughs> saved a lot of money by just putting Peter Sellers in it. Did you know that his paycheck was 55% of the budget for this movie? <laughs> no. <laughs> he got paid a million dollars for this movie. Oh, wow. Wow. And I think Kubrick said, I got three for the price of six. <laughs> <laughs> <coughs> but, I mean, yeah, I don't know what, what to say other than, I mean, he, it, all three of his roles are absolutely brilliant. <laughs> To me, you know, from yeah, the- yeah,
1: I don't, yeah, I don't know which one to touch upon first. I mean, I can tell you scenes from each of them that, like, I know. are my favorite. I mean, if if I'm gonna start anywhere, I guess the one, the one part I did want to talk about, which I thought yeah. of, of a of a movie just <laughs> full of humor, humorous scenes. Yeah, it's the president's conversations with <laughs> on the phone. But yeah, with for Dimitri. some reason I just laugh so hard every time I watch
0: those. Okay, it, well, well, Chris, this is my key scene: is his first call with Dimitri. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, wow, we're, we're already there. So should we're we, jumping the gun. But should yeah. we circle back and then talk about something else, or should we?
0: No, let's dive plow into forward. it. I, I I agree with you a hundred percent. His phone calls <laughs> with with Premier. Uh, premiere kiss-off kiss off. are I, are some of the funniest moments in this movie. Um, and, I mean, just continuing to talk about that before getting into some of the other reasons why it's my key scene, um, uh, I can completely believe that this is almost entirely improvised and ad-lib, oh, right? Like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and the way that he... <laughs> And there's there's so much subtle humor in this. Like, he'll he'll start to put the phone down and then pick it back up and say, oh, can you hang on a second? Like, he's so present to, like, what would actually be happening. And and honestly, like, the scenes where he's talking to Dimitri are like, it's like two children talking, right? <laughs> I know, that's what's so odd. He's like, no, he's, I, I don't. He's like, well, I'm fine, and you're fine. Well, then I guess we're all fine. We're fine. <laughs> of course I'd call you for a <laughs> friend. Well, this, not now, but... Of course i like to talk to you, Dimitri. <laughs> well, I'm sorry, too. Oh, not not as sorry. Well, you don't say that, Dimitri. I'm not as sorry as you. We're both sorry. sorry. I am equally as sorry as you. <laughs> now then, Dimitri. You know how we've always
1: talked about the possibility of something going wrong with the bomb. The bomb, Dimitri. The hydrogen bomb. Well, now, what happened is, um, one of our base commanders, he had a sort of, well, he went a little funny in the head. You know, just a little funny. and. Uh, He went and did a silly thing. Well, I'll tell you what he did. He ordered his planes to attack your country. Uh, Well,
0: let me finish, Dimitri. Let me finish, Dimitri. (laughs) Oh, it's just so goddamn funny. (laughs) No, because you could
1: have... I mean, I don't know how else you would (sighs) have... I, I yeah, it, it's one of those things like I couldn't imagine another funnier or better way to do that than how he right. did it. Because they I mean what they could have done is they could have had another actor on the other end. We would see, you know, sure. that split screen, right? Where you'd right, see right. you'd see Peter Sellers <laughs> on one side and you'd see Kisoff <laughs> on the other. But it's right. funnier to imagine the phone
0: call that <laughs> Sellers is having. It is so much funnier, right? And because you kind of get to let Sellers just play, right? Yeah, he gets yeah. to he gets to pretend what the other guy is saying <laughs> and how he's going to react to it, right? I mean, it's great improv. Like again, a- assuming that there is a lot of ad libbed and improvised I, uh, I, stuff. I, in I think so. I just yeah.
1: from Sellers's career and so many right. other things that he's done that he likes to. Just let it, yeah. Just go off,
0: and um, right, and he's able to do it. I mean, yeah, he's. I I don't think you could write that. (laughs) No, exactly. I don't think you could have written that as well as he (laughs) did. You know, no, and have it feel as in the moment too. Like that's the other part is you know if it is ad libbed and improvised, like I said, he's having the conversation in his head, which. I, I don't yeah, I don't I don't know that you can put that to paper in the same way and have it feel as, you know, uh, in the moment and and,
1: and hilariously real. <laughs> yeah, because I do know like watching something on I don't know, somebody's retelling of this making of this movie, that mm-hmm. they actually had to cut out a lot of takes because <laughs> yeah. Sellers was making people laugh too hard
0: I, I ar- around too. him. Yeah, yeah, there's a bunch of like editing that had to be done because this, this <laughs> the crew was just cracking yeah, up. They were just <laughs> In fact, I don't I don't know if you may have seen this too, but originally uh Merkin shoot, what's his last name? Murphle or um, Muffle? M Muff, yeah. Merkin yeah, Muffly. The prison, Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> originally, I guess it was sort of written as he had he had like a cold and he was a little bit more effeminate or something. Yes,
1: yeah. And, and that comes across <laughs> in some of the, in some of the takes you can kind of see that.
0: Yeah. Right. 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 But I guess it was just, uh, <laughs> the crew couldn't keep it together through any takes, which is part of why they changed it. And I think that was a good change. I think him as sort of the straight man um, yeah, he uh, in be... that role really works. Yeah. Especially when
1: he's, I don't know. It's like all all the three roles are so,
0: yeah.
1: I mean, but yeah, I, the the president is is by far my favorite role of the three. Um, just, Interesting. J- j- just for just for that, just for those scenes yeah. of the two world powers <laughs> talking on the phone. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. That that <laughs> how much weight that carries, and just like, I mean, I could see why he chooses the key scene. I mean, because it would be for me as well. Um, yeah, be- because of just the gravity of what's actually happening, contrasted yeah. to just the just like you're saying, like two kids just talking <laughs> across the street on the you know fr- from the, right. on the phone. Um, it really it plays the absurdity of it all, right? Yeah, you know, that right. These, that right. these two guys have this much well, power to destroy the world.
0: It, it, exactly. And I think that's one of the, the main, you know, satirical points of the movie, right? Is like, how can this happen? And how are these the people that are, are <laughs> yeah. in charge, right? Right. At fr- at, down the line, right? You've got. The president and the premier, who is you know drunk in some yeah. apartment somewhere, probably partying partying with whomever, right? Right. right. Uh, with With their fingers on the button, and yet neither of their fingers pushed the button. Some uh, general went crazy, right? Crazy, and then you've got right. you know uh, uh, uh George C. <laughs> C. Scott as this crazy military advisor, like none of like. I think that's one of the big satirical points of the movies make is like everyone in power is, is absurd and this is ridiculous and nobody knows as much as they think they do. Right. We're all just big kids playing with rocks, but those rocks can destroy the world. (laughs) Yeah. So
1: I think that, that alone. Yeah. Kind of encapsulates the, the kind of, I don't know. I think, could we argue the point that Kubrick is trying to make? Um, you know, at this time in history, during the during I, you know, deep in the Cold War, mm-hmm. um, when people lit, you know, were literally living in fear of this kind of right. thing actually happening, um, which, right. you know, who, who knew? I mean, it seemed like it was it seemed like it was inevitable
0: in some ways right. that this oh, the, yeah. the world the world would go this way. Totally, I, I, I think so. I, I I would say that I, that's my best guess at yeah. you know the main point he's trying to make here um You know, and it's a little bit like, you know, when you're a kid, you, you grow up thinking like, well, all the grownups know everything and someday (laughs) I'll grow up and know everything too. And then you grow up and you realize, well, I've got just as many questions as I did. And I feel like we probably feel that same way about our leaders to a certain extent, you know, well, they have all the answers. No, they probably don't. They probably are just as clueless clueless as we are. Uh, They just don't get questioned (laughs) as much. No, I mean, and that's, I mean, that's a good
1: question because I think. I think there used to be a stronger trust mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in national political leaders and people like that to to do the right thing, or mm-hmm. the public good was ultimately you know in their their best interest as well. I mm-hmm. I I think a lot of that is broken down. I don't even think yeah. people are or do people even have that discussion anymore. I mean, I guess maybe some people take the I mean, people still take leaders seriously, but not. I don't know. Even even the people that they like or we like, mm-hmm. we don't necessarily think are flawless, do we? I don't know. That's 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 just my
0: yeah, hot take on it. <laughs> I don't know, you know. I mean, I think uh, you know, someone with a better historical perspective or more of an, an historian could <laughs> probably be smarter than us too. I mean, that's that would be easy. Um but um yeah i i i guess the question that comes to mind for me in that is has leadership changed in that there is less uh uh, uh attention paid to what is good for all, yeah, or is there more scrutiny applied uh to yeah that's <laughs> bring the, that that's to the, the surface, you know that's the weird part because. Yeah.
1: I would say we're more cynical about leadership mm-hmm. than people used to be. Mm-hmm. Um I do remember I do remember. I am a historian by the way and I do, <laughs> I, do I do remember learning that there was a cultural shift mm-hmm. during the Nixon presidency after mm-hmm. Watergate. Yeah. Where people people all of a sudden realized, you know what? The presidents aren't always good guys, you know. Right. That right. that that was and very specifically good white males. You know, that was that that they actually had problems and flaws uh-huh. and were yeah. pretty weird. Um and that and that actually one of the things that here's the interesting part. One of the things mm. that bugged people the most about the Watergate tapes, and this is mm-hmm. crazy, was that Nixon like talked like a regular guy that worked at the docks or something. Like, he swore and he would use like, yeah. s- salty language <laughs> that was unpresidential, right? And that's yeah. one of the things that bugged people the most. And put huh. and then st- suddenly people were starting to be a bit more cynical and critical about the presidency and then we have like things like Saturday Night Live coming up and lampooning the president right. like right. every week on national TV. <laughs> I mean these these are kind of this was a cultural shift and like we got yeah. today where we you know, you can argue the presidency is like a reality show that we mm-hmm. unfortunately live in. So it's kind of like <laughs> yeah. So well, I guess going back to it, does this movie in that way I'm talking about Dr. Oh, Strangelove, that movie.
0: Does it predict the future?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, is it is did it did it predict our future? And is it as funny today as it was back then, you know? Huh, huh. Or, or did people, I mean, I assume people thought it was funny back then. I mean, I... <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, it was a popular
0: movie, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. I mean, and it's been included in several, you know, top... 100 movie lists it's part of the i think library of congress yeah this is an important cultural work yep they've saved Um, stuff like that yeah yeah we'll put it on uh one of those um satellites that we send out for aliens to find (laughs) and say this is what we're all about (laughs) (laughs) that's a very good idea (laughs) (laughs) yeah i don't i don't quite know how to i don't think i have a good answer for that question um I don't know and <laughs> I'll tell you where my head is at right now which is that it's a very interesting question and I'm so I'm so exhausted with our political uh situation <laughs> in this country that you know <clears throat> I'm I, I I just feel tired um yeah you know yeah, trying totally. to Trying to explain it or trying to tie it back to something like this, because um, uh, you know, I, I you know, uh, between you and me, and not our listeners, listeners, close your ears. I'm just so, <laughs> I'm just so dis- uh, I'm not disenfranchised, but I'm just so uh, disappointed in where we're at as a country. Yeah, um, yeah, and it's 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 really gross. Uh, to be honest <laughs> yes. you know yeah, that's a good word for it yeah you know um, and and because you think about like if we went back and said you know no <clears throat> leaders are looking out for us um and they are trying you know they do have our best interests in in mind um um I don't know where I was going with that. That'd be great. But like, like it seems like <laughs> yeah. a long time since we've been there. And I would say, bringing it back to this movie, right? Like the way the movie ends, right? So they've already accepted <laughs> that the bomb is going to go off, the doomsday right. machine's going to go off. And now they're trying to plot on, like, well, let's. Get a couple hundred thousand people in a mine shaft and make sure there's ten women for every man so we can procreate. And those women have got to be selected for their sexual fertility and attractiveness to make sure that men can keep it up and all that kind of stuff. I mean, this is what's so sad is it's like, at the end of the day, are we all... We're just tribal children, right? Like... (laughs)
1: Yes, I think I mean cuz that that was like a, and then of course um uh George e. Scott's uh yeah. Tur what what's his name? T- damn it. Tur Turgidson. Yeah. Says like, well there's basically like a mine shaft cold war, right? Well, they're gonna, right. like they're he's already like militarizing the exactly. whole situation. Um, uh-huh. We yeah, can't so
0: afford it, to let them get access to our mineshafts what if they procreate at a higher rate press the president we cannot afford a mineshaft gap (laughs) so
1: it's it it is it's tribalism it is um
0: you know just the belief that yeah we're out
1: for number one ourselves
0: yeah it's this way of thinking yeah and 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 maybe that also is is maybe the bigger or at least part of of the point kubrick is making with this film right is there's there is a way of thinking that um uh permeates this movie right and it's that it's there's a conspiracy mindset um (laughs) you see that not only in uh general ripper and his crazy commie fluoridation conspiracy theories but you see that at the highest levels of government too, right? Like right. there's going to be this conspiracy and we can't let them get ahead. And even the fact that they have all of these pre-thought out plans, right? For like, well, what if this happens? Well, what if this happens? You know, and I get, I th- there's a practicality to that, but there's also like, I would love to see the list of possibilities that the military has devised certain plans for right and just sort of cherry pick which ones are the craziest
1: yeah absolutely yeah yeah and and that's the the funny thing about like um ripper's whole (laughs) mindset is like you could hear it like on podcasts (laughs) or or whatever like people
0: who Believe are we it. getting to, are we getting topical and talking about Joe Rogan now? <laughs> <laughs> well, let's, no, let's leave that not. alone. <laughs> I am not. I am not. Yeah. Okay. But
1: but anyway, it Yeah. Just not just that individual, but anybody, <laughs> you know, who who has a microphone and a computer. Um yeah. can do do this. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um but yeah, like the conspiracy theory he has is no more whack job than anything being spewed <laughs> today at higher levels
0: of government, as uh-huh. well. Right, and in fact, his conspiracy theory was based on concerns real people had in, in this about time, so. fluor. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like fluor. Right. Yeah, what fluoride would do to us. I think
1: sterility <laughs> was one of the beliefs, <laughs> if I remember my history correctly.
0: Which is also like. Which is also one of the things being chucked out against uh, COVID vaccination. It's like, oh, it is has that a right? On. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I don't think it's. I don't <laughs> think it's sterility, but it's more on like I don't know. Anyway, I, just, I listened to something today, and they were talking about that as another thing being trucked out. But well, it does seem like everyone should sit down and watch this movie right now,
1: and just to give I us some agree, perspective agree. about about totally. the world. I mean, gosh.
0: The, this is. This is the thing. So anytime I'm presented with a conspiracy theory that, (laughs) you know, believes in some set of, you know, human beings carrying out this elaborate plan and this, you know, (laughs) pulling the wool over society's eyes, um, no, this is a great movie to come back to (laughs) because the stupidity of everyone involved is very apparent. Like, I can't imagine, you know, uh, human beings can't do that. (laughs) Like, we're just not bright enough. Well, that's the thing, yeah. Like,
1: you you think we're organized enough to pull off something (laughs) that's (laughs) that's complex and, you know, the strategic Uh. thinking that to go into that? No, in fact, we're the opposite. People are impulsive. Yes. And stupid. Yes. And, and yes. do things without thinking of consequences uh-huh. all the time. That's right. how we think. <laughs> right. Oh, no. The, the, the fact that this could be some elaborate scheme in, 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 in any of these conspiracy <laughs> theories is <a> shocking <laughs> to me. It's like,
0: have you never met a human being? Like, do, do you know what they're like? let me just ask you this have you ever been to the airport and tried to get on a plane on time like like we can't we can barely make airlines run much less some vast multinational cabal of people at the top controlling pulling the strings of the economy uh politics and everything else of of
1: all the different yeah i mean things that have to go right for that to happen um yeah, it's shocking to me like how. Yeah. And it, which leads I mean it leads to a question is is like like why? Why do we why do we do that? Why why I... is it that some people are like prone right. prone almost to conspiracy thinking. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. Yeah. Cuz it doesn't seem to be everybody. I mean, maybe all <laughs> of us to an extent,
0: but some more than others. Want yeah, to believe I... that? Right. And I don't think I have a very good answer. The only thing that comes to mind is, you know, I do feel like there is, there is a, um, um, a desire within many, many people for stability or reason. Right. Like it's, um, it's why we came up with myths, right? Like, how can we explain the changing of the seasons or the sun right. and the stars and oh, things like yeah. that? We, okay. need, we need a story to tell that helps us make sense of the world. It makes... Right. I, I buy you know, that. Well, that and the world a good is, answer. Yeah. And, I mean, <laughs> the world is chaotic and we're not comfortable with chaos, right? Like, I, we need some predictability or at least some understanding yeah. um, to help and beat I, back that anxiety.
1: And and I want to be clear, I don't think this is like an only there's only such thing as right wing conspiracies. There are some oh, for sure. freaky, whacked out left wing stuff that's out there that it's like, uh-huh. oh my gosh, can you really right. believe that? And they and, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and they and they do, and I think you're right. I think it's because stuff is scary and confusing and there has to be an answer. And <laughs> the craziest answer is the, <laughs> is the right one evidently yeah, um yeah. it's the opposite of occam's razor or something like that right
0: <laughs> it is it is that's exactly it i've i've subscribed to the uh uh principle of the opposite of occam's razor i <laughs> <laughs> think they, they have to have a name well
1: there's if there's not a name we'll come up with one for that it's it's it's
0: Occam's sledgehammer i don't yeah, know <laughs> the, the least
1: obvious most complicated answer is usually the right one right
0: yeah we need a snail like climbing on <laughs> something that's obscured from view and i don't know yeah well maybe we'll get there so <laughs> uh so you know we we talked about kind of the one of the things that jumped out to me in this movie is, you know, there's these there's a couple of like relationship pairings almost. So we've talked about uh the <laughs> president um uh, Merkin. I'm never gonna remember his last name. <laughs>
1: uh, well, Muff,
0: Muffly Muffly. I think it's pronounced Muffly, I think. Yeah, okay. So we talked about Muffly with uh Premier Kissoff. Um and my other, I think possibly favorite relationship in this is between uh general jack d ripper and uh (laughs) group commander lionel mandrake of the uh, raf um yes and so it, it what's interesting to me is you said you thought you found the president role for sellers as your favorite i i love mandrake i sure that's my favorite role for him in this in this movie and and the way they interact together is is absolutely (laughs) hilarious to me (laughs) the and i guess the thing that jumps out to me so much is like mandrake's slow realization of how absolutely insane oh right general yeah. ripper is yeah and his awkward responses and and laughs to the yeah. absolutely batshit crazy things that are coming out of his mouth
1: <laughs> no i was thinking that scene where like um mandrake's sitting on the couch and he like has a piece of <laughs> gum or something in his hand yes, holding yes. it
0: over and over by, again and, by the like, way ripper there is comes a little up l- to him Oh, go ahead. But by, by the way, there's a lot of gum in this movie. There's this Did is you a very gum gum laden movie.
1: Like, yeah, yeah, you're yeah. right. There's a lot of gum. <laughs> anyway, go on. That must yeah. be something too. It's kind of, that That's it's another that Kubrick shit. thing. Yeah, it's a Kubrick <laughs> Kubrickism. Uh-huh. But no, that scene where he's like, <laughs> he just saddles up next to him and says. <laughs> It's it's this whole bodily fluid yeah. explanation, like the purity right. of that. You know I why? He's,
0: yeah, he's like, have oh, you ever seen, seen he's a commie, commie drink, water. drink water? <laughs> they drink vodka. No. Yeah, it's like, no, Jack. I don't don't suppose I have. <laughs> he's like, you know why I drink distilled water or rain water? Yeah, or pure grain alcohol. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, I mean that, that scene is such a great, like unfolding of, of, of his craziness <laughs> and Mandrake just not knowing what to do. And exactly. Trying to like play along and laugh, but it's such a great sell- performance by Sellers. This like, oh my God, this person is utterly insane and I can't tick him off, tip him off to the fact that I know he's insane. Yeah. I'm, I'll try and play along to the best I can. Mandrake, were yes. you ever a prisoner of war? Well, Jack, the time's running, very, huh? Were you ever a prisoner of war? Uh, yes, I was. Matter of fact, Jack, I was. Did they torture you? Uh, yes, they did. I was tortured with the Japanese, Jack. If you must
1: know, not a pretty story. Well, what happened?
0: Oh, well, I don't know, Jack. Difficult to think of under these conditions. But well, what happened was they, they got me on the old. Uh, Rangoon, in our railway. I was laying train lines for the bloody Japanese puff puffs. <laughs> no, I mean, the when they tortured you, did you talk? Ah, oh, no, I... Uh, well, <laughs> I don't think they wanted me to talk, really. I don't think they wanted me to say anything. It was just their way of having a bit of fun, the swines. The strange thing is, they make such bloody good cameras. <laughs> <laughs> I think, you know... <laughs> what, oh, <sorry>. what a, <laughs> no, this this whole thing is just gonna be us laughing at at, at this stuff, but um and, and later on right when when Ripper starts to give up and <laughs> and and then you know Mandrake is trying to because he's trying to get the codes right he's trying yeah, to get the recall yep. codes yep. for the plane and so he's trying to convince him like you know he's trying to like buck up his spirits you know <laughs> he's like remember remember when 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 you had the gun and i was feeding you what, i was feeding them together you. <laughs> <laughs> like, feed me you said and i was feeding you when we were doing it together <laughs> like it's just like dealing with this person who is clearly off their rocker <laughs> you know? I, I was just thinking of the fact like when he when he pulled out his golf bag right
1: I'm right like he, the first time i was thinking why is he gonna <laughs> <laughs> and then he has that like, just, he keeps his gun in there. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Whatever kind of gun that is, I don't know. Yeah, but some sort of belt-fed machine a, gun. Yeah, I'm not a military
1: <laughs> war expert, but looks like a
0: gun. The other thing I love about Ripper is like, even even in the midst of this chaos that he has sown, at one point, like you know, the windows get shot out. <laughs> and he's like he yells out the window two can play at that game soldier and then more bullets come and he's like that's good shooting soldier (laughs) like he's he's still like advocating for the prowess of the military or something oh
1: man well there's also the also the exchange i really liked wasn't between mandrake and um Ripper, but also uh, the um, the Colonel <laughs> Guano.
0: Baguano, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> like, like to me that was such a military exchange totally. almost. Yeah. Like when 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 he's just like, like just he's just on autopilot, right? He's not right, right, right. Like right. he's just going through like I don't get, I don't care I don't know you know it's like I don't know yeah. what's going on here I don't know who you are right. <laughs> <laughs> and then but towards the end where, where he's trying to get change he's like Shut yeah the damn machine he's like you're gonna have to answer to the coca-cola company
0: i know he's like that's <laughs> private property <laughs> and that's another moment where you've got this hilarious exchange and then that scene is punctuated with pure slapstick, right? He yeah. shoots the hole in and then gets sprayed in the face. Sprayed in the Coca-Cola. face. With, it is. It's a,
1: we, you're right. Such a cheap little lap, bit. right. It's just yeah. like a cheesy, <laughs> right. A slapstick yeah. is exactly yeah. how you would have to describe yeah. <laughs> that.
0: No. So strange. Oh. Yeah. That's funny. <laughs> um, <laughs> one of the things that, um, also always stands out to me with uh the general ripper character is you know the way he's shot most of the time especially Uh when he starts to go on his weird little rants you know yeah it's shot underneath you know and lit in a certain way and he's always got the cigar in his mouth you know um uh yeah it's just it's just really great um, you know adding this sort of like gravitas to you know the insanity <laughs> that's coming out of his mouth <laughs> the last thing i'll say maybe on on these two together um is you know these scenes with with mandrake and ripper have some of my favorite lines like where where sellers says you know uh, 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 Ripper's like, come over here and help me. He's like, oh, well, you think, you see, the thing is, I've got a gammy leg. He's <laughs> like, the string's gone or whatever the hell. Yeah, that's means, what he's saying. Right? <laughs> yeah. Um, but my other favorite part of this is when Ripper's trying to convince him, he's like, he's like, <laughs> get over here. The redcoats are coming. He's saying that to a British guy. <laughs> British guy, I know. I thought of that too. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Or he said something like, I'm sure they're saying your name as they
0: were being killed
1: or whatever it was.
0: Oh, yes, that's right. Yeah, I love that, too. He's like, Ripper's like, those boys were like my children. And Mandrake's like, I'm sure they were all thinking of you as they were killed. That was a great like, dig that Ripper didn't even catch. Oh, man.
1: So, we haven't talked about the third of Sellers characters and arguably the most <laughs> famous, although it has the uh-huh. least amount of screen time, which is Dr. Totally. Strangelove himself. Uh-huh. And I know that um, there's some historical reference points for this character because after, after World War II, uh, the US government basically gave immunity to as many... Right rocket scientists from the from the nazis as they could basically Uh anyone had right anyone who had knowledge on the experimental rockets that the nazis were making they Mm -hmm. and that fact it's called operation paperclip that's not a conspiracy that's (laughs) that's a real thing (laughs) (laughs) that there were in fact the people who built nasa were in fact ex you know members of you know the the german the
0: german people Chris, I mean, the mistake you're making is believing what you've read in history textbooks. I mean, clearly,
1: <laughs> and ancient aliens that show. I'm pretty sure I saw it on that too. Um, We've
0: already done aliens on this show, <laughs> so
1: so anyway, that's that's like I think that's Peter Sellers' inspiration, yeah, um, yeah, for his take on it. But I but I know again, a lot of that crazy stuff he's doing was just him. Adding that to the to the character as well, I mean, totally. He he does have some of the funniest (laughs) parts of the movie, though. Like he keeps on switching into Fuhrer. I know to the president.
0: (laughs) Well, yeah, and and he's he's, and
1: his hand.
0: (laughs) Yeah, his his right hand, right, is like not under his control. Control. So that's the one that keeps doing like the Sieg Heil sign, right? And and he keeps. It's like got so many funny it moments tr- where he's, it's like his hand starts wheeling the wheelchair away, and he's like, "Just a moment, Mister yeah. President." While he tries to get and it and back then under it tries to Strangle him. Do yeah. you remember that one, part? Yeah. At just, one point, he bites it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh God. Yeah. It's so, so hilarious.
1: Yeah. I mean, again, it's not when you when you think of the plot. I mean, it doesn't. It's just pure. <laughs> physical comedy it doesn't <clears throat> yeah i mean what's it there for other than like this guy is crazy and
0: yeah and, and I, that's kind of the point i think i, I, I mean, mean f- I for the titular character right he doesn't show up until 50 minutes into the movie and mm-hmm. you're right he has maybe three scenes uh in the movie um and that's it i mean all y- yeah hilarious but but not a lot you know um <laughs> so yeah. yeah I mean it's I mean he he
1: steals the show sort to speak just the, the parts <laughs> that he's in like is it's the it's funny because those are the parts I think most people remember right 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 they remember they remember as if dr Strangelove is a major character in this movie <laughs> but he has a fraction of the part that like for instance um, slim Pickens character does
0: totally totally I mean uh, you'd have to put this up against you know a couple of stopwatches but i you know i bet james earl jones has almost as much screen time as as dr strangelove does yeah, yeah. in this right <laughs> right yeah but just the whole yeah
1: i do know that that all of almost all of that was sellers adding to the how he wanted to play that role i don't think there was anything there that was scripted oh
0: yeah totally but, i mean uh, there are so many funny moments in all of his dialogue. the The thing that cracks me up every single time is, you know, one of the last scenes in the movie where they're sort of talking about the mine shafts and, you know, his whole his whole plan for, you know, how to continue the American way of life, right, <laughs> by procreating down in in mine shafts. You mean people could actually stay down there for a hundred years? It would not be difficult, my dear. I-
1: Nuclear reactors could... <laughs> I'm sorry, Mr. President.
0: Nuclear reactors could provide power almost indefinitely. Greenhouses could maintain plant life. Animals could be bred and slaughtered. A quick survey would have to be made of all the available mine sites in the country.
1: But I would guess that a dwelling space for several hundred thousand of our people could easily be provided. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it gets me every single time. Uh, well, here's yeah.
1: here's a question. I was, I did, I wrote down because I want to ask you. Okay. At the end, where he says, yeah. "I can walk." What? What's up with that? <laughs> do
0: you, do you this know? This is gonna. This is gonna go. Okay. I I don't. I can know, walk. But
1: why? Do, why does he?
0: <laughs> I think it's just ridiculous. And this is gonna go down. <laughs> as one of my favorite all-time movie endings where it's just this <laughs> abrupt ending. Right. Yeah. So so they're talking about the whole mineshaft gap. Right. Yeah. And needing yeah. to prevent that. Right. And then and then he says, Strange Love says, like, uh, Mr. President, I have a plan, gets up out of his wheelchair, and then says, Mein Fear, I can walk, and then end cut to the ending song yeah Yeah, exactly I must confess you have an astonishingly good idea there doctor
1: thank you sir I
0: think
1: we ought to look at this from a military point of view I mean uh, supposing the Ruskies stashed away some big bomb see and we didn't when they come out in a hundred years they could take over I agree Mr. President In fact, they might even try an immediate sneak attack so they could take over our mineshaft space. Yeah, I think it'd be extremely naive of us, Mr. President, to to imagine that these new developments are going to cause any change in Soviet expansionist policy. I mean, we must be increasingly on the alert to prevent them from taking over other mineshaft space in order to breathe more prodigiously than we do, thus knocking us out through superior numbers when we
0: emerge. Mr. President, we must not allow a mineshaft gap. Sir... I have a plan. (laughs) We (laughs) meet (laughs) again. Honestly, I think it's absurd and hilarious and I think that's that's why it's there. And I love it for that. Like I I love I, I I hope there's not a reason behind it because I love that it is just absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, it seems like they, he just
1: like says. I mean, it's like he said, just, "What if we did this?" And then they said, "Yeah, let's do that." Let's just cut it here, all right, and that's it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's so <laughs> yes. I, I I remember. I do remember thinking,
0: "That's it. That's the <laughs> yeah. That's, that's the movie." Well, I would say this like where could you go from there? <laughs> like uh, I don't know, well, yeah, I, I mean, don't know. <laughs> I don't right, know where I you mean, continue from that point. So I mean,
1: obviously it had to you know, it it ended with their destruction of the world. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but just that the last last line of dialogue is that. It's just so Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure people have written many PhD <laughs> papers on that. Line, yeah. um mm-hmm. which I'm not gonna ever read, but <laughs> it is yeah. it's 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 one of those things. I was just curious on your take on it, because it's like I've never I've never understood it. I've never understood the ending of this movie.
0: I uh, yeah, I I I really did take it as, you know this has gotten to a level of absurdity. <laughs> yeah. And okay. and that's and that's the punctuation mark on the film like we we've said all that we're gonna say and and, you know and sellers probably improvised that right so I I mean I I don't know if he did I'm sure I don't (laughs) but you know when you see uh, you know someone like that do that in front of you I mean you've got to use it and then what do you do from there I guess you go to we'll meet again (laughs) (laughs) i mean there are a bunch of things like that so like the the opening sequence the the last song at the end um a number of things in a lot of stuff in the bomber that you know me watching this for the first time was very much like uh what are we doing here this is kind of dull and boring like i don't know why this is in here you know um and it has taken time to sort of appreciate (laughs) those things um so like, but, uh, yeah.
1: Give, yeah, give me an example of what that would like young young so, Glenn versus old Glenn <laughs> in, in terms so, of things you've things things that you've noticed over time or have changed. Yeah, for
0: you. so a lot of it is in the B fifty two and and how there is so much time spent there where yeah. the fo- the where the you know the the actors are doing what seemed like or seem like very rudimentary tasks, you know, and it's all their checklists and stuff. So it's like, you know, (laughs) it's like prepare to switch code prefix, (laughs) ready to switch code prefix, switch code prefix, prefix switched. You know, it's like all that kind of stuff that, you know, when I first saw this, I was like, why are we watching these guys flip? switches and talk to each other about that they're going to flip the switch and that they have flipped the switch and now we're going to do another thing and then we have done the other thing um, but you know it. what I really app- appreciate about and all of the way that like you know the, the camera like zooms in at, at certain points and you see right. them even like gesturing to what they're about to do almost for the education of the audience you know um, and <clears throat>
1: And well, look, yeah. I mean, it becomes like a war movie at that point. I mean, it's not
0: funny. It's it's like a <laughs> right it's, and it's, and and super side note. Like uh Slim Pickens, when he was brought on, they didn't give him the entire script. They just gave him his part, so he played it straight. Oh, <laughs> that makes sense. That's interesting. yeah. Well,
1: that's cool in a, in a weird way.
0: <laughs> Which I mean, I if your default persona is inherently comedic, I'm not sure what that says, because he's so funny, even though he's playing
1: it straight. Yeah,
0: that's um, true. <laughs> but, you know, a lot of that stuff, I, I think what what I now appreciate about some of those things is, like, there's so much, like, almost, like, unnecessary gravity applied to all of these rudimentary right. actions that folks are doing, and that has its own level of comedy at least for me you know this the ridiculous amount of time that the movie dwells on these people following their checklists and and all that kind of stuff and maybe reinforces sort of the you know the military aspect of we're doing what we're told regardless of how crazy yeah. it is. i don't, I don't know <clears throat> if there's a bigger I, mixu- message there
1: well because it's what's interesting about that those parts to me is that my Grandfather was actually hmm. a navigator on uh, on uh, on bomber planes during World War II. Huh. Okay, yeah, he was the guy that like yeah like had to sit down and say how much fuel they had, and you know that right, right. that whole role is what my what my grandfather did <laughs> in had the war. And the only thing I mean, I never we never we never watched this movie together, um, <laughs> so and I never asked him about this movie in particular. But uh-huh. I do remember asking him like. You know, just airplanes, they have, like, like 10 million buttons in there. And he's like, right, yeah, like, right. he's like, they're just backups of backups of backups is what they are. Mm. Like, mm-hmm. you, I mean, mm-hmm. and you see some of that in the movie where it's like.
0: Right. Where like, they have to, like, flip four switches to do. Yeah, he's like right. manual
1: override, you know, yep. negative, you know, and he's freaking <laughs> out because of all those things. And I guess that's why there's so many buttons on airplanes. And that's why they yeah. go through all those checklists. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just all these redundancies are built in for every single thing, which you know right. is again just the military mindset. Um, you know that yeah. Once the it's just like yeah. Once it's put in motion, right, right. It's it, it's inevitable.
0: It's done. Yeah, they take yeah. out their their plan R attack wing R. <laughs> Yeah. Profile right, and and read it. You know, each one gets their own separate envelope, and <laughs> you've got the great scene of Slim Pickens like reading off all the content. So yeah, what What's he's like, oh, that sounds like a pretty good night, or whatever he says. that'd be a pretty good weekend. At, shoot, a fella could have a pretty good day in, in Vegas with this stuff. <laughs> It's like, you know, two packs of chewing gum, one <laughs> nylon stocking, you know, six prophylactics. <laughs> like a like hundred gold. Yeah. It was just yeah, like. Yeah. That's right. A hundred dollars <laughs> in rubles. A hundred dollars in <laughs> gold. Gold coins. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, but you're right. It It's, it is a machine, right? And it's, it is built to operate that way. And it has to, right? Like. Well, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it, and I think that's the whole point. Well, I mean, maybe that's the well,
1: I don't know the whole point. That's a point <laughs> where you have like, you know, like obviously the Doomsday Machine was built so that it right. would be a deterrent, right? That's the that's the whole crazy logic <laughs> behind building a Doomsday Machine is that we'd never use it until there's some crazy guy, right, who's gonna trigger off the end of the world. <laughs> Which I'm just
0: laughing at because one of my ever, one of my other favorite lines from Doctor Strangelove is after he's finished explaining yeah. this whole thing, he's like, you know, but the whole idea is pointless if you don't tell the world. Why didn't you tell the world? <laughs> And we get the great line from the ambassador where the premier loves surprises. It was going to be announced on Monday. It was going to be announced at the... (laughs) (laughs) Why didn't you tell the world? (laughs) Mm. Yeah. (laughs) All right, well, (laughs) Chris, we've... Uh, both spent a lot of time on this movie, but there really is only one final question. Uh, did Dr. Strangelove save the world?
1: Well, obviously, literally it did not because the world was destroyed, um, because of this movie, but, um, Absolutely, this movie mm. does. I, I think. I think we can legitimately say this. Mo- this movie saves the world because I do yeah. think it, uh, for the reasons we discussed, mm-hmm. just brings about just so many good points about just yeah the madness that is politics and military mm-hmm. and warfare and the and the players in these positions of power. Right. Um, and I was, I was serious. I think everyone should be forced to sit down and watch this movie one night because i think (laughs) it would kind of like give us give us a like humor has the fantastic ability to change our perspective when when we when we get too serious about stuff Mm -hmm, i mean there are there it's definitely things we need to be serious about obviously but Mm -hmm. we also need to like just (laughs) <laughs> turn it down a few notches let's just <laughs> let's just get back to like a common a common place of, of, of sanity which yeah. we talked about we desperately need right now in our world yeah. um there's yeah. there's 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 what 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 is happening i think is this is there are serious things that we need to be working on <laughs> uh, but yeah, because there's so because there's so much like just bullshit being thrown out there that's a distraction <laughs> right so that's yeah we just need we need to stop getting distracted by the the the, the minor things and start mm. thinking about the major things so i think yeah. i think something like very good parody satire um you know we talked a little bit about it during during the movie the hunt it's mm-hmm. it, it has it has that comedy has the ability to do that um and thus that's why this movie, in my opinion, uh, does save the world.
0: Yeah, I, I I think it's why satire is probably my favorite form of of comedy. Um, sure. Yeah. And frankly, it's why so much like you know stand up works, right? It is it is making fun of ourselves, right? And mm-hmm. yeah, um, and pointing right. out the ridiculousness. It goes back to kind of what what we said earlier, which is like, oh, I thought when I'd be a grown up, I'd know the answers to things and and no we don't right and so but that also balanced with like like you know we don't need to go off on crazy conspiracy theories either but um yeah i i a hundred percent agree uh with this movie i i think this movie should be mandatory curriculum for high school students i mean yeah you know yeah along with along with a critical thinking class, which is sorely lacking. <laughs> That'll <laughs> never happen. No, I know. I know. <laughs> well, you know why it'll never happen. Cause it's the man trying to keep us down. It's a conspiracy. <laughs> yeah. I I mean, this movie holds up so well too. And, um, the performances in it are, are wonderful. I, yeah. I agree yeah. with everything that you've already said um and I, like i said i i i i believe my first time watching this with was was with my parents i have shown this to my kids they liked it which was a huge surprise to me yeah, this black yeah. and white 1964 yeah. movie they enjoyed it and they quote it in our household today um so yeah no i, I think it's i think it's wonderful All right, Chris, I have a Would You Rather, um, and (laughs) building off your cue from last week, not trying to talk Uh. about how we die, (laughs) I tried to come up with a Would You Rather that was a little bit less (laughs) fatalistic, so this won't be, do you die from one nuclear bomb or ten or whatnot, so... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but I do believe I've come up with a would-you-rather that would be equally as infuriating. So uh-huh. um, the question is this. Would you rather try to get the call- the recall codes from uh, <laughs> oh, General Ripper, a man who is clearly insane, or would you rather try and convince try and convince a f- telephone operator to let you phone the president <laughs> with not enough change to do so all right, <laughs> <laughs> all right
1: I, before i answer that i do want i i did have this in my notes and i do want to give an appreciation out to kubrick for this thing and hmm. that he does not show us how how that happened right that's true we, we jump to the fact that it, it already has happened. So we have right. no idea because that scene was so infuriating to me. <laughs> like, it really was. Like, that whole part was just like, oh. I was feeling it. So yeah. <laughs> I'm going to so. go with try to <laughs> talk to crazy <laughs> Jack Ripper and try to get the codes out of an insane <laughs> man rather than try to make a collect. Call or whatever it was, station to station call. <laughs>
0: yeah, uh, what do you call it? Trunk to trunk, no, station to station. Like,
1: that like I swear I've had like nightmares similar to that. You know, like those oh my anxiety God. dreams kind of things. So is... no, you you picked you picked something that like gets deep into my psyche. <laughs> this,
0: this is, is a not... profound statement you are making. You are essentially saying that it would be easier to achieve what you want by dealing with an insane person. Than the bureaucracy of exactly some yes. large government run yep. operation okay absolutely all right, I I, all right. I, I I
1: that's why a movie like Brazil for instance like, <laughs> yeah yeah I, I I can't watch that movie it is <laughs> all it's right it's that it's you're right bureaucracy <laughs> to me is more insanity than an insane person yeah all right there you there you go that was that was a,
0: well played Glenn. <laughs> All right, Chris. Well, I really want to know, as always, uh, what do we have in store for next week? Yes.
1: Um, you know, obviously doing sophisticated high <laughs> and <laughs> filmmaking like Kubrick.
0: Oh, no. I'm na- worried.
1: <laughs> naturally led me to think about uh, a coming-of-age teen comedy. <laughs>
0: Okay. All right.
1: <laughs> so we are going to look at the classic and see how it holds up. Nineteen eighty-five's John Hughes movie,
0: The Breakfast Club. Oh, The Breakfast Club. I was yeah. I was predicting. Okay, it's either Breakfast Club or Sixteen Candles. Yeah, not exactly. Sure which. I have to, I actually
1: <laughs> had a hard trouble deciding between which of the coming of age comedies was. Oh the, man. Was, I, but I I consider. Like it or hate it, The Breakfast Club is the is the standard. Uh-huh. That's that's uh-huh. what I'm going
0: to make you watch for next week. Oh God, there's so much teen angst in this movie. <laughs> I can already <laughs> feel it creeping in. you right. getting your voice um, is changing as we uh, <laughs> my, my voice is cracking. Uh, <laughs> okay. Oh, I'm into it. I have not there you seen go. this movie in a long, long oh, time. Oh, I'm
1: sure you haven't.
0: <laughs> and yet I can remember most of it, I feel like. So. Oh, it is highly quotable. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Awesome. All right. Well, folks, thank you so much for listening Uh this has yes. been a fun movie to talk about, uh, Chris. Oh, very
1: fun. Very necessary movie for our day and age.
0: Absolutely. I wasn't sure when we'd get here and hurrah, we've arrived. So, um, <laughs> so that was. this has been a lot so, of fun. Yeah. So tune in with us next week as we discuss the 1985 John Hughes movie, The Breakfast Club. The Breakfast Club. Don't you forget <laughs> about me. Don't you?